Well, you can stand. Thanks, Joe. How's everybody doing today? Are you okay? Are you are you are you doing okay? Do we have a happy church or or do we have a sad church? How many people are happy? Happy. Happy, happy, happy. It's better to be happy than sad and miserable, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, if you're happy and you know it, say or what is it? How if you're happy and if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you're basically really show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right, well, see, isn't Jesus wonderful? How many is excited about us reaching out? All right, well, three people, okay. You know, that's the heartbeat of God, what she was just talking about up there. Is the heartbeat of God. It's what, may, it's what God is interested in. That's what he's interested in. Did you hear me? He's interested in all of us, but he's interested when we reach out to, to sinners and share Jesus with them. See, that's what, that's what it's all about. So let's pray and then let's, let's study the word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your presence here today. And we just... We're just thankful, sir. We're just so thankful. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to come to church and to worship you and to be empowered for the upcoming week and then and then to go out and make a difference for you in the world in which we live. So we're just grateful for it. We thank you for your, your word. It'll be an encouragement to all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can sit down. Uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter. Let's go there if you have your Bibles. If you don't, the... Scriptures will be on the screens, and if you uh, would like to use one of our Bibles, you could raise your hands real high, and our ushers will get you one of ours and loan them to you for the service today. I think there's just a special blessing that comes when you have a Bible and that you're turning in the Scriptures. Thank God for the screens up here, but like I said, I think there's a blessing that comes with just turning in your Bibles. Amen. So, Matthew, the fifth chapter, 13th verse, Jesus is speaking, and he says, You... Are the salt of the earth. He's talking about us. We're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You, he's talking about us again, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to title this, this message today, Shades and Shakers. Shades and and shakers. Now where did now where did that, that title come from? Well it came right out of those verses we just read. Shades and shakers. Real loud say shades and shakers. Shades and shakers. You see this being Mission Sunday, I want to talk about reaching out to the lost, but this is also a message about the vision of this church, Summit Church. So I want you to listen very carefully. You know, as, as Christians, Jesus compares us to salt and light. And he talks about salt, and we just read it, he talks about salt losing its flavor. And, and, and I, you know, I don't want to lose my flavor, do you? He talks about salt losing its flavor. What, what does that mean? Well, you know... I understand what that means with natural salt. You know, it's a preservative, and, and sometimes there's no flavor on food, so I reach for the salt shaker, and just as I'm about to shake, I look over at my wife, and because she doesn't like me to put salt on. So I say, Diane, look, and she turns around, and you know what a... But you put that salt on, and it brings flavor 
you know, it brings flavor to food. And, but if the salt is, is no good, have you ever had salt that stays inside the shaker? It's been in there too long and it's become like wet, you know, and anybody knows and then it gets stuck and it won't, that's, that's no good. And it loses its flavor and you, you put it on the food and the food tastes worse with, you know, I like salt that's really salty. But we, you know, that's, you know, in our eating our food. But as it pertains to, you know, our spiritual lives, when salt loses its flavor, what that means, I studied that that out, and this is what it means. It means to become passive. Passive. As opposed to active. It, It means flat. Or tasteless. It also means this, to act foolishly. Remember the Bible says... Uh, he that wins souls is wise. And if we as the salt of the, the earth, if we lose our flavor and become passive, then, then we stop doing what, our, what, what God's called us to do, and that's win souls. And we become flat, we become tasteless, we become passive, and we become foolish because if he that wins souls is wise, then he that's not Winning souls is unwise or foolish, right? And then it also means uh, to, to lose flavor. It actually means this as well, to act like a fool. Actually, the, the, the original Greek word that we get our English word from is moron. Does anybody know what a moron is? To, to what did you say? To what? Okay, do what? Okay, to act to act like to act like you haven't got them all. We'll say more about that in a minute. So when you lose your flavor, see, as a Christian, see, listen to this. We're talking about shades and shakers. Listen, salt that stays inside the shaker is useless. Is that right? I mean, you can, have not, you can have tasteless food and salt in the shaker on the table, but if the salt stays inside the shaker and you don't ever shake the salt out of the shaker, the salt isn't going to do any good. Is that right? The salt has to get out of the shaker for it to do any good. See, salt that stays inside the shaker is useless, just like a Christian that always stays inside the four walls of the church building is useless. Did you hear me? Are you okay? Light that is hidden by a basket or light that is hidden by a shade is, is useless. Just like a Christian that always stays hidden behind the four walls of the church building is useless. There's nothing wrong with coming together in the church. We're supposed to do that. The Lord tells us to do that. And we're supposed to come together and have services and all of that. But, but that's, that's not where it's supposed to stay. If that's where it stays, you've got something that is totally useless. Did you hear me? Did, did, did you all hear me? See, we're like all grains of salt inside this building, which would be like the shaker. Okay? And for us to do what God wants us to do, we've got to let him take this this shaker, and shake us out into the community, into the world in which we live, to bring sinners to Jesus. Is that right? So if we just stay inside here, inside this auditorium, we can have the greatest services in the world, and that's wonderful. But if it ends there, it is useless. Did you hear me? You can put salt in a shaker but, and fill that. How many's ever your shaker's gone low and you filled it up with salt? How many's ever done that, you know? But if it just stays in a shaker, it's useless. It only becomes useful when it gets shook out of the shaker, you see. And we can have the greatest services in the world, but if that's all we have inside these four walls, it's useless. It's not until... See, we come together inside these four walls to get empowered by the teaching of the Word and the presence of God to get empowered for the next week 
you see, as we let God shake us out of the shaker and we go out as salt and, and we go out as light and we affect our community and affect our world. Can, can you say amen to that? Amen. Look at Ephesians 4.11. Look at Ephesians 4.11. Tells us what church is for. It tells us many other things, but it tells us we can, we can get what church is for. Ephesians 4.11 says, he himself, that's talking about Jesus, gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, you see that? But what for? What's the reason? For the equipping of the saints, that would be you. I would, I would in this setting here, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher. Why did God give me? For the, to equip you, you see. To equip you, the saints, For what? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But notice that that I'm here to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Now, certainly I have a work of the ministry that I have to do, but but I think we, we, we leave all the work in the pastor's lap, and that's not the intention of God. The intention of God is for you to come... On a Sunday, you know, or whatever other times we're having services, come and let let me uh, uh, impart to you, let the Holy Spirit through me, through his holy written word, impart into you. And, and be sure that we keep you salty. Be sure that we keep you bright as light and keep you in that condition so that you can go out into your world and win the lost to Jesus, you see. That's the way it's supposed to work. See, a lot of people think that the pastor is the only one that's supposed to be going out and winning people to Jesus. But nothing could be any further from the truth than that. I have a part to play, but you have a part to play. Why do we have church? Why do we come together? We come together to worship God. We come together then to, to, let, to let the pastor take the word of God and, and keep you salty. How many wants to stay salty? Keep your flavor, right? Keep you bright, keep you burning bright, you know, and then and then let the Lord shake you out of the shaker and go out into your community and affect it for good and for Jesus, you see. That's what church is all about. Now notice here in Acts the second chapter. Let's go to Acts the second chapter. We're going to be reading several verses, but I want you to see something here about the the early church. I want, I want you to see something. I really want you to listen to this. I want you to really grab a hold of this. I mean, this, uh, this is really strong in me. I, I, I've, I've, in a new way, I've been studying this. Look at this. Acts 2, we'll start in verse 1, and we'll read various verses. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, this was some days, you know, what, about 50 days after Jesus had been raised from the dead. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. They were in that, they were in that, uh, uh, that room, weren't they? That upper room? Is that, is that correct? It's about 120 of them there. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's wonderful. That's the day of Pentecost. I, I believe in that. Praise God. But you know what? They did not just stay in that upper room. They did not just stay contained in that upper room. The power of God hit them. The fire of God hit them. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in other tongues. But you know what? If, if it would have just stopped in that upper room, it's, it's basically useless. Do you hear me? Guess what? This spilled out into the streets. Real loud say, spilled out, spilled out. into the streets. See, now it spilled out into the streets. It spilled out into the streets. And they're out there under the power of God, speaking in other tongues, declaring the wonderful works of God. Amen. But it spilled out into the streets. And people are, are wondering what in the world's going on. Look at verse 12 here, Acts 2.12. So they were all amazed and perplexed. That's the people out in the streets. 
saying to one another, what could this mean? Others mocking said, notice this, they're full of new wine or they're drunk. Do you need to realize something, folks? The whole crowd didn't think that those, those Christians were drunk. There were just a few loudmouth mockers that thought they were drunk. Do you hear me? When you get under the power of God, I'm telling you what, this business, well, we're going to get drunk and stumble around. The Lord's corrected me up on that over the years. Let me tell you something. You get filled with the Spirit of God. Forget this drunkenness is condemned in Scripture. You get filled with the Spirit of God. I tell you what, you're going to want to go out and win somebody to Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get what I just said? Did you get what I just said there? I'll say more about that in just a little bit. This power of God came into that upper room. Those Christians got filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. And then they allowed the Lord to shake them out. We're talking about, what are we talking about? Shades and shakers. They allowed the Holy Ghost to shake them out onto the street. And they go out onto the street and they're declaring the wonderful works of God. And a few of the mockers said they're drunk. But I tell you what, the, the whole crowd as a whole out on the street didn't think they were drunk. But they knew that there was something different about them. What was it? It was the power of God. In verse 14, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words for these are not drunk as you suppose he was talking to those mockers there but uh, since it's only the third hour of the day but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and then Peter preaches the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to this crowd and notice in verse 38 then Peter said to them repent let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation notice verse 41 then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them can anybody say praise God Now, if they would have kept that in the upper room, would 3,000 people have gotten saved? No. They could have been in that upper room, you know, and had all that power in that upper room, and those 120 would have been blessed. But I'm telling you, if they would have kept it there, that 120 would have eventually went down to about 100, would have eventually went down to about 80, would have eventually went down to about 50, would have eventually went down to about 20, would have eventually went down to about 5, and would have eventually died. You hear me? Because it would have been like salt staying inside a shaker continually. It would have lost its flavor. But I'm glad that it didn't stay contained in that upper room. And and they allowed the Lord to shake them out into the community. And they went out on the streets filled with the Holy Ghost. Not acting like a bunch of foolish drunks. But out there under the power of God. And 3,000 people got saved. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Verse 42, now then after these people got saved, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the teaching and the breaking of bread and in prayer. See, they got saved and now they're part of the local church. You see how it works? Then fear came on every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. I believe in that. Praise God. And all who believed were together, had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continually daily, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord, notice, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Do you see that growth continuing there? 
And I'm convinced, it was, and I'll show you in just a moment, I'm convinced it was not just a result of Peter and John preaching. The, they were empowering the saints, and the saints were going out daily sharing in their world with their, the people that they knew that were lost. And, and as a result of them going out as salt and light in, into their community, people were getting saved daily and coming to the church, and, and it was growing. Do you see that? But if they had just stayed in the upper room, the 120 would eventually dwindle down and there'd have been nothing left. And then after this, the, the, the apostles continue to preach and minister in the name of Jesus, not only in the church, but they also went out into the world, right out into the streets. Look at Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They're going to church, aren't they? Realize, say, they're going to church. Yeah, they're going to church. They're going to church. They're going to pray. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. This guy's out on the street. He's not into church. He's out on the street. He's not in the church. He's out on the street. Is that right? And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked Rams, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us, or look on us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Notice this. Verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Praise God. I still believe in the power of God for today. Amen. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Notice he went to, he, now watch this, he entered the temple with them. He entered the temple with them. He entered the temple with them. See, he was on the street. Peter and John went out. They were going to church, but they're out on the street. Is that right? There's this lame man. They get the guy healed, and then they took him him to church. Isn't that wonderful? I said, isn't that wonderful? We're talking about what God wants for today and the right here and the right now. You might find somebody crippled on the way to church, release the power of God to him, get him healed, and then bring him to church and let him get saved. Amen. Or you might minister Jesus to him right there, get him saved, and then bring him to church. That's how God wants this thing to operate. Amen. You okay? That excites me. Out on the streets. Got the guy healed. Took him to church. And as a result of this, a crowd gathers. Well, that'll get a crowd. And look at Acts 3.19. The crowd gathers, and now Peter's got an opportunity. The apostles have an opportunity. Notice what they say. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times refreshing, refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So they're preaching the gospel, aren't they, to that crowd that showed up. Not to the congregation, but to the crowd that showed up. Not to the church congregation. Uh, they've already repented. He's talking about, uh, he's talking to sinners here now that have showed up as a result of this miracle on this lame man. Now he's telling them, hey, repent. He didn't just keep it, he didn't just keep the message of God, Peter and the apostles, inside the church. There's, there, there's a time to come together. We come weekly on Sunday mornings and, and at other times. We come together. And there's a time to come together and forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And there's a, there's a time on a weekly basis to come together as a congregation to worship God, you know, and, and to hear the word of God. But what's that all about? And a time for fellowship and, and, and interaction with one another. That's good and that's healthy. But what is all that about? All of that is about you keeping your saltiness, about you keeping your bright light of the gospel, and then letting the Lord shake you out in the community for the next week to bring somebody to Jesus. Can, can you say amen? amen? And guess what happens, folks? Guess what happens when you start reaching out with the gospel of Jesus beyond the four walls of the church? Guess what happens? Real loud say persecution. persecution. So Peter preaches here. And look at chapter 4 now, verse 23. P Peter 
preaches and he's and he's sharing the gospel. He's out on the streets. I tell you what, listen to me. The devil does not care if we keep the gospel inside these four walls. That's where the devil wants us to keep the gospel. Inside these four walls. The devil would love for us to come together weekly and have the greatest services in the world. He'd just be, he'd love that. As long as we don't take it out beyond these four walls. Do you hear me? But you take this message of the, of the saving power of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus, you take that message out beyond these four walls and it will flat upset the devil and he will do everything in his power to come at you and shut you down. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? And that's what happened here. They're reaching out into, into, into Jerusalem, out on the streets, and, and now the devil, the devil's wound up. The devil don't have no problem them being up in the upper room, just 120 of them, just leave it at that. Now they're out on the streets. The devil don't like that. He don't like that at all, and now he's going to come against them. Now look here at verse 23. Because, because the, the devil had persecuted them, he brought them in, the, those leaders there brought them in and they threatened the disciples, they threatened the apostles and don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus and all of that and threatened them and let them go. Look at verse 23, being let go, they went to their own companions. So guess what? The, the apostles now, they'd been persecuted, but they go back to their local church. And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is. And they begin to pray. And go on down now to verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Do you see that? They, they, they got that gospel out on the streets. The devil tried to shut them down. He threatened them. They went back to church. They prayed. They got re-energized. They got re-empowered. And guess what? The boldness came on them, and they went right back out into the streets preaching about Jesus. You hear me? And notice here in Acts 5, verse 12, we're going to see this continues on. There's ministry in the church and on the streets. In the church and on the streets. Real loud, say, in the church and on the streets. It's got to be both places to be in the will of God. Notice this, Acts 5, 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Well, that's good. Right there, you know, in the church services, power of God. They're all with one accord in Solomon's porch. That's great. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Look at verse 14. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Why is that? It's because they took the gospel out onto the streets. You don't need to think that just magically sinners are going to show up here at the church. Because they're not. Do you hear me? I said, did you hear me? You might have an isolated case here and there, but primarily sinners aren't going to get up on Sunday morning and say, whoop-de-doo, let's go to church. No more than a fish is going to get up uh, from sleeping at night or whenever a fish sleeps and gets up and say, you know what? I'm going to go get, get a hook in my mouth today and get caught. Huh? No, a fisherman has to go out there and catch them. Is that right? Well, we have to go out, all of us working together, we have to go out and catch the sinner. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. That's what we're supposed to do as salt and light, fishers of men, into the world in which we live, telling people about Jesus to catch some of them. Amen? If we're not doing that, our Christianity is vain and useless. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? If it's just about us, if it's all about us, I don't want to do this anymore. Did you hear me? 
It's got to be bigger than us. Church has got to. Why do we, we come to, why do we come to church? To worship God, but we come to church to get empowered so we can go out and bless somebody with the good news of Jesus. That's what this is all about. And if you don't have that going on, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna decline spiritually. You hear me? That goes for all of us. Believers being increasingly added. So that they, now notice this, verse 15, watch, oh, watch verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the, out into the where? Out into the streets, not into the church. You can bring them there too. But don't you see, it's not all about the church. The church is about going out onto the streets. The church is about going to India. The church is about going to Africa. The church is about help, helping orphage, orphans and orphanages. Did you hear me? The church is about reaching out beyond ourselves. That's what we're doing. The devil hates it, but that's what we're doing. Amen? They took him out onto, they brought the sick out onto the streets. They took the gospel to the streets. They let the Lord shake that salt out onto the streets and had them, had beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed. Isn't that wonderful? Right out on the streets and then they come to the church and the power of God's moving. That can happen today. Then the high priest. Oh, here we go. You start doing something for God. You get the gospel out on the streets. You get the gospel out beyond these four walls. You get the gospel into Rockwood Summit High School. You get the gospel into Rockwood South. You get the gospel into Kellison. You get the gospel into Bowles Elementary. You start getting the gospel out beyond these four walls. I tell you what, as long as we're having services inside these four walls, devil don't care. But you start taking the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the power of God out into these schools out into the into the community it is going to stir people up did you hear me why is it going to stir people up because the devil's going to get in there and stir people up to try to stop it did you hear me the high priest rose up all those who were with him the sad you sees there's always some sad you see people and they were filled with indignation the devil's going to try to stop it And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. And went to jail. I don't want to go to jail. You know what? I'd rather the devil put me in jail for doing something for Jesus than for God to put me in the belly of a fish. He told Jonah to go to Nineveh to win those people in Nineveh. And Jonah dis- disagreed with that and disobeyed. And where did Jonah wind up? He wound up in the belly of a fish that the Lord prepared for him. I tell you what, I'd rather be in a jail cell that the devil threw me in than the belly of a fish that God put me in. Amen. Why did Jonah wind up in the belly of the fish? Because he didn't want to go out beyond his four walls. He didn't want to go bring the gospel to Nineveh. So they put him in a common prison. Verse 19, but at night, angel, oh, this is cool. Look at this, they're in jail. Because they took the gospel to the streets. And at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, that's pretty cool. Is that cool? If that's cool, say that's cool. That is cooler than cool. Go stand in the temple, is what the angel said, and speak to the people. All the words of this life. Hey, you're out on the streets. The devil puts you in jail. God sends his angel, opens the prison doors, and the angel says, go right back out. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and talked. The the disciples, you know. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent 
uh, to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. I mean, I tell you what, that God can send an angel to do a jailbreak and the, and, and the jailers don't even know that what's going on. Did you see that or did I, did your Bible say that? How many of you know God can do a legal jailbreak, right? Huh? Is that right? How many of you'd rather be in the jail that the devil put you in for preaching the gospel than in the belly of a fish God put you in for not? You get in that jail cell where, where the devil puts you, God can send his angel to do a jailbreak, Amen. Somebody says, I want to see the miraculous. You get out on the streets and you'll see it. I want to see the miraculous in church. You get out on the streets and start getting people saved and healed. And I tell you what, you'll see it on the streets and you'll see it in the church. Amen? If it's just about us and these four walls, God's not interested in that. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Yeah, but we just want to have a wonderful service. That's useless if it doesn't go out beyond the four walls. Did you hear me? Boy, that that's just never totally goes over real well. If that's not going over real well with you, you need to get to the point where you're more concerned about somebody else rather than yourself. Is that right? I love having good services. What are good services for? To worship God, get empowered, to go out and win the lost. Is that right? God's interested in the lost. And then in Acts 5, Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. They, the, the devil couldn't stop the gospel. Amen? But you know what? As good as all this is that we've been reading about, as good as all this is that we've been reading about, They're out on the streets, in the church, out on the streets. Did you know that in the process of time, what they were doing began to stay behind a shade and inside a shaker? I'm talking about what the apostles were doing in Jerusalem. How many of you know God wanted to move from the upper room to Jerusalem? Is that right? But how many of you know he didn't want to stop in Jerusalem? And so Jesus said, what did he say to his disciples before he went back up to the right hand of the Father? He said, start where you are in Jerusalem, then go to where? Judea, then Samaria, and then the other parts of the earth. Is that right? Well, guess what? They were just staying right there in Jerusalem. They took it from the upper room onto the streets of Jerusalem, but then they stopped right there. It's not, it's, it's not acceptable with the Lord to stop with the gospel at any given point. We need to keep moving with it. I said we need to keep moving with it. I said we need to keep moving with it. I said we need to keep moving with it. They didn't keep moving with it. They stopped it right there in Jerusalem. Look at Acts 8. This, was, this, was, this, this all went on for about eight years. And I mean it was great in Jerusalem and the power of God, but God doesn't just want people in Jerusalem to hear The good news. He wants it to go on out beyond. And notice here in Acts 1, Saul was consenting to his death. That was Saul who would become Paul, and he was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church that was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of where? Judea and Samaria. That's where Jesus wanted it to go. That's where he wanted the gospel to go. Start where you are, and then let it spread on out. Eight years has come and gone, and they're still in Jerusalem. And so there was a persecution that that arose up and caused them to be scattered out. All except, look at that last verse, that part of verse 1. All except the what? All except the apostles. See, they stayed in Jerusalem. They had empowered the people to go on out. And look at verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the what? Preaching the 
word. But I thought only the apostles could preach the word. No, no, no. The apostles preached the word to the people, and they stayed in Jerusalem, but they had empowered the people for the people to go out, and they were scattered abroad, and they went everywhere preaching the word. That means you're supposed to come here, let me empower you with the word, and then you go out into your world and share Jesus with who you come in contact with. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I want to say this again. The devil likes us to be salt inside the shaker and light hidden by a shade. As this church, Summit Church, came to the end of 2008, I want you to listen to this. Because I talked to you from the Word of God. Now I want to talk to you about this church, the church which you call home. The devil likes us to be salt inside the shaker and light hidden by a shade. As this church, Summit Church, came to the end of 2008, at the direction of the Holy Spirit, I could see that we were a church, we were like light hidden by a shade and salt inside a shaker. And I made an adjustment at the direction of the Holy Spirit to not be a church that was just for mature Christians, but also for immature Christians, and to win sinners to Jesus. See, up to that time, Summit Church was a church mainly for Christians who were informed about the Word of God and informed about spiritual things. Baby Christians and sinners were not really the top priority around here. And the Lord told me I was not walking in love towards those people. And I was to have a church that ministers to not only mature Christians, but immature Christians as well as to sinners. Amen. We would get together and have some really great services. But we weren't really reaching out beyond the four walls of this church. And we'd have mature Christians that were just, I call them mature. They really, they thought they were mature, but they weren't. But they, they knew some things about spiritual things. And they just loved to come and just, just have these quote-unquote wonderful services. But we're not reaching out. And according to what the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul in the Word of God, I asked the congregation of Summit Church to open their hearts with me to the uninformed Christian and to the lost, those who are outside the church. I'm going to put these scriptures on my blog on the website of the church, but just listen. In 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, just listen to this. You can read that chapter, and it talks about the church service should be certainly for what we'd call mature Christians, but it should also be for the uninformed believer and for the lost. And the Spirit of God wanted me to adjust this church so that we'd be more in line with Scripture. And I did that at early 2009. In 1 Timothy, the Bible talks about a pastor must be a, have a good reputation and be well thought of by those outside the church. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians to all Christians that your daily life may win the respect of those outside the church. In Colossians, the the Bible says to Christians, be wise in the way you act toward those outside the church and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. See, this is not just about us inside these four walls, guys. It just isn't. We have to have a vision outside these four walls. The Apostle Paul was perhaps the greatest soul winner of all time. And wherever he went, even in prison, he was all about winning souls to the Lord. That's what we should be about. Always winning somebody to the Lord. The Apostle Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. He was always thinking about soul winners, about winning souls. He was a great soul winner. 
when I ask the Summit Church congregation at the start of 2009 to open their hearts with me to those outside this church, over one half of them left. Think about that. Let's open our hearts. I haven't said anything for over three years now. Let's open our hearts. Let's let this, this thing not just be about us. Let's let it be about winning the lost. Over half of them left. And then somebody would say, well, that's so sad, Pastor. <laughs> that's so sad. Real loud with everything in you, say no. No. Oh, that's just so sad. That's just so sad. They all let. No, it's not. The Lord showed me prior to that exodus that if that did not happen, this church would not even be here today. A church congregation that does not have soul winning as the top priority and stays behind the shade and inside the shaker will begin to feed on itself and eventually die and become non-existent. And that's what was happening as we came down into the end of 2008 and the Lord directed me, make an adjustment and make it quick or this thing's going to die and there won't even be a church within the next several years. We're still up and going strong. Amen. But if we hadn't made that adjustment, we wouldn't be, this, this wouldn't be here today. This might be a quick trip or something. Who knows? Nothing wrong with quick, quick trip. Remember, what, what happens in quick trip stays in quick trip, right? I go there all the time. I love it, all right? As you can see, I haven't been eating the hostess Twinkies as much. Or at all. I've lost all this weight. Don't take, take it all away from me. You know. But very serious now. What does that say about somebody when, I mean, they don't, they're not interested in reaching out? Over half, over half the church left. We're still going strong today. But we wouldn't be if we wouldn't have made that adjustment. See, we had, we, had, we had people back then, they did not want to grow. They didn't care about seeing sinners one to Jesus. Oh, if you ask them, they would say yes, they'd give lip service to it. But they wanted this to stay a nice social club. We had Christians that were more concerned about their ministry inside the church than how their ministry could reach out beyond the four walls of the church. We should have good ministries inside the church, but those should, it should all be about winning the lost. Can you say amen? We had Christians that wanted to shout, shimmy, shake. You know, I had some people back then that if I got up here and did that, they really thought that was a Holy Ghost movement. There was a day I used to think, that they, no, you know what, that's his pastor shaking his leg. Let's hope this thing is, is more than me coming and shaking my leg. Did you hear me? I believe in the power of God. I've had the power of God come on me. I, I believe that, that it can cause you to fall down under the power. I believe in all of that. But all of that's worthless if it we're not taking this thing out into the streets. Amen? I believe in the healing power of God. I believe the power of God can come on somebody and shake I believe in that. I believe in the healing power. I haven't changed. Those people back there, they thought I was moving away from the Holy Ghost. No, I'm moving more into the flow of the Holy Ghost. I believe in tongues. I believe in the interpretation of tongues. I believe in prophecy. I believe in, I believe in all that. Let's just have it in line with the Word of God. Amen. See, I'm preaching. Look, I threw my watch off. Amen. I believe in I believe in all that, but but it, I, look, I had people that they thought, well, good, we're going to come and we're going to shout, we're going to shake, and we're going to run around the room and we're going to dance. I, I believe the power of God comes on you. You could dance under the power of God. I believe in that, but if that's all it is, we're just coming to have a just about us. And, and I had people back.
back there then. They, they got mad at me. I had one lady got so mad. She, she came up. I've never had to use the security team in all these years, but I had about a 70 year old lady. She came up and shook her finger at me and was yelling at me right out there in the front out there. And I thought, oh boy, I hope I got some of my security guys around here. She's not interested in winning the law. She'll tell you she is. She's not interested in winning the law. She's just interested in coming and having a little social club and getting blessed herself and going her way. Friends, I don't want to do it if that's what it's all about. I want to come and get fired up and fire you up. And let's have a church that's on fire to win souls. Amen? Come on, guys. Are you with me or not? Amen. We had Christians back then, they wanted to float spiritually. Woo! Woo! They loved it when I came in. Woo! Woo! Did you feel that? Woo! Woo! Did you feel that? Woo! How many people have you won to Jesus? None. But boy, I felt the power of God. Baloney! I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to see people come to Christ. Amen? I had people back there that, whoo, oh boy, we had a good service today. We did that for years. Good sir. How many people have you won to Jesus? None. But boy, we're having good services. It's worthless if that's all it's about. Amen. Am I boring you or am I, I hope I'm stirring you up. If I'm making you mad, then you need to maybe check up and see if you're saved. Amen. I got an email. Just a few days ago, this guy sends me this email. I don't even know who he is. A prayer warrior. It's about eight pages. I only read a little bit of it. That an angel appeared to him and put a helmet on his head. And, and, and he, was gonna, he was warring against some kind of demon. And on eight pages. And I just, I just, I just wanted to, I almost emailed him back. I know it's almost worthless, but I almost emailed him. And said, why don't you stop all that foolishness? And why don't you invest all that time that you're supposedly seeing visions and all this baloney. I believe in dreams. I believe in visions. But come on. And I get these things and these emails. And how many people are you winning to the Lord? Come on, guys. I don't want anybody that attends here to be so caught up in all these, these so-called prayer people, all these visions and angelic this. And I believe in angels. Praise God. But I tell you what, our main focus should be on winning the lost at any cost. Amen? My God. By the way, you, you know how you grow a church? You take the gospel out onto the streets. Amen? You don't wait for a little disgruntled group from another church to come over and cause you some growth in your church. Now, sometimes the Lord will move a family, but I've very seldom ever seen the Lord move groups of people. Usually when you get those groups that are moving, now there may be some individual exceptions. Say amen. Amen. But primarily, these groups that move from one church to another, most, most of the time, those people are disgruntled people, and they're going to, the, the same problems they had at that first church, they're going to bring here. I know I've lived through all of this. And, and then they go, and then they go somewhere else, and they'll bring those, those problems. They follow like a pack of, pack of locusts. I don't want growth from, from, from a group of people coming from another church. I'm not talking about a family. God moves people at times. I don't want a, I don't want a, a big pack of people coming from another church. Amen. The only exception to that is if that church just went so haywire and got so off, then that's different. But, but I, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a man of God preaching the word of God, and you get a bunch of pack of locusts of wolves and they don't like that man because he's telling them the truth so they're going to go over to some other church i don't want growth to come from that say amen i want growth to come let's go out and win some sinners let's get some rank heathen amen let's get some homosexuals saved what do you say let's get some drug addicts saved amen let's go into those schools up there let's keep drugs let's keep drugs out of those schools amen let's keep drugs out of summit high school let's keep drugs out of rockwood south can you say amen let's keep drugs out of kellison amen 
Praise God. We were praying about that last Wednesday night. I was in one of the best prayer meetings we ever had here at Summit Church last Wednesday night. I tell you what, we've got authority. Let's use it in here. Praise God. Let's use it in this community. Let's keep drugs out of those schools. Amen. Let's keep drug dealers out of those schools. Can you say amen? We do that through prayer and then we go into those places. We don't just sit up here and pray about it. We pray first and then we go, we go into those places. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Did you hear that? Amen. Praise God. We take it on the streets. Amen. You take it where you work. You take it on. You take it where you work. You t- come on, God. I'm empowered by the Spirit of God. But you do that. Guess what's going to happen? All hell's going to break loose on you. And so. so Half of the people left. These last three years, I began to we began to reach out. We began to reach out. We be, do you hear the, the testimonies that she gives about where we're reaching out, where we're reaching out, where we're reaching out, and we're reaching out. We're re, we're buying this. We're buying. We're reaching out beyond the four walls. We're reaching out, reaching out. And I tell you what, when this church became what I would call a church that puts emphasis on souls, all hell broke loose against this place. Tell you what, Gary back there was talking to me before the service. See, he works up here at the hospital. See, as long as Gary has his Christianity inside the four walls of this church, and that's it, the devil don't care. But he goes up to that hospital and starts walking through that hospital. I'm talking about St. Clair right up the street here. And he goes into that hospital and he starts praying as he walks down the hall. And he starts sharing Jesus where he can and starts sharing the goodness of God. I tell you what, all hell will break loose against that man. You're in a great place to be. I've had all hell break loose against me and this church. And I tell you what, I couldn't be happier. I'm happier now than I've been in a long time. I'm excited. I'm right in the middle of where God wants me to be. Praise God. We've got a church. We're reaching out. We're helping people. And hell's coming against me on every side. But praise God, those that be with us are greater than those that be with them. Can you say amen? The Apostle Paul said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered me out of them all. Can you say amen? And you saw that happen to the apostles in the early church. It happened to Paul. It happened to me. It'll happen to you. And you couldn't be in a better place than the devil coming at you on every side because you're getting the gospel out onto the streets. Amen? Because when you're in that place, you got God working with you. Amen. Well, I, 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 I want to close with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. Let's close here. We, put, uh, we started sending welcome cards out to new people that moved into the area. We put some billboards up. See, that was all outreach. And I was thinking about those welcome cards we sent. I was thinking about those billboards we had up. But you know what? We've got something a lot better than billboards and welcome cards. We've got you. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 2. You are our epistle written in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. You're a letter of Christ. Ministered by us. See, I've been ministering to you. Stirring you up. Written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is, of the heart. What's better than a billboard? What's better than a welcome card? A Christian like you, full of the power of God, going out into the community, going into your world and sharing Jesus. Amen? Amen. I said that's better. I said that's better. I said that's better. I said that's better. Amen? I said that's better, isn't it? That's better, isn't it? I said that's better, isn't it? You're a living epistle ministered to by this pulpit and go out. 
share Jesus with somebody. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to throw off that shade and let God shake you out of that shaker. And let's all shake up this community. Shake it up. Shake loose the devil's hold that he has on it to whatever degree. Shake it loose. Amen? Let the Lord shake us out of the shaker. Let the Lord shake us out of the shaker. Let the Lord shake us out of the shaker. Amen? Stand with me if you would. The altar workers can hold off for just a moment. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Praise God. How many of you want this to be more about more than just us coming together having a nice little service? How many of you want this to be more than just us having a nice little service on Sunday, huh? Thank God for the nice service. We're still going to do that. But I'm just telling you where my heart is. Yeah, I'm coming here to minister to you and to love you. And, and but, but what's the whole purpose? It's not just to come together and have a nice little service. It's to come together and worship God, fellowship with one another, and get empowered with the Word of God, and, and be salt that's full of saltiness, be full of flavor, and then let the Spirit of God shake us out, shake us out, shake us out of that shaker out beyond these four walls, out into our community, wherever that is, to make a difference for Jesus Christ, to get sinners saved, to get people healed by the power of God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now take hands with the person next to you. We're just going to add agreement to what we prayed Wednesday night. Hallelujah. You need to realize you have to pray before you go. You have to pray before you go out into your world. If you don't pray, see, prayer produces power. You have to pray before you go. So you pray. And then if all you do is pray, you just got a lot of power, but it's never released. You pray and make the power available, and then you step out and you go. And as you step out and you go... Then that power is there, and then you make an explosive force in the community. Yeah, the devil get upset. You couldn't be in a better place than have the devil upset. Amen. Glory to God, because when he's upset, God's got a big smile on his face. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it just seems like this morning, the Lord wants us wants to use us just for a few minutes here, and then we'll dismiss, to pray for these schools in our area. Particularly the Kellison, Rockwood South, and Eureka High School. Now, now these other ones certainly, but I don't know. We're supposed to target in on them this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, right now we pray for these schools that are in our jurisdiction. We pray for Kellison Elementary School. We pray for Rockwood South Middle School. We pray for Summit High School, Rockwood Summit High School. We pray. We pray for these schools right now. We stand before you on behalf of these schools where these young people are. We, we hold them before the throne of God. We know that you, that they are precious to you and that you love them. And first of all, now we pray for the administration. And we speak to any any stronghold, demonic stronghold that's in the administration. And we pull you down in the name of Jesus. We speak to any stronghold that's over any teacher. And we pull you down. And we release a perfect labor unto these people to win them to Jesus. But if they'll not repent, we ask that you remove them and move the godly in. And move the godly in in the, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And now we declare an avenue into those schools. We believe you, God, for an avenue, uh, uh, doors of utterance, doors of utterance in those schools, doors of utterance in those schools, doors of utterance, open doors of utterance for us to go in to those schools. Door, yeah, but the devil has it blocked. Well, then we'll take the power of God and knock the devil's door down. Amen. So we speak to those doors. We command you to swing open in the name of Jesus. Doors of utterance to open for us to go into these schools, into Kellison Elementary, into Rockwood South Middle School, into, into, into Rockwood Summit High School.
Yeah, move in there through the young ones that are here in this church. Let them go in there as salt. Let them go in there as light. Let them go in there as an epistle of God. Give them words to say. Empower them to act Christian and act right in the presence of evil. And let that influence be strong in that school, O God. And let the gospel of Jesus Christ be strong in that school. As doors of utterance opened us, we'll move in and we'll declare Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any, 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 any spirit that would, would, would drive drugs, we bind you up in the name of Jesus and we pull you down in Jesus' name. Any spirit of perverse sexual activity, we bind you up, we pull you down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And now we'll move and we'll step out into that power and be met with the power of God to win young ones to Jesus. Hallelujah. And everybody that agreed with that real loud said... Amen. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you need Jesus in your life today, if you're here and you've never been born again, there'll be some men and women standing up here when I dismiss. Before you leave today, be sure you come up and invite Jesus into your heart. Miss hell, make heaven, and be empowered to be a good Christian in the world in which you live to win others for Jesus. Amen. So before you leave today, if you need to be saved, if you've never been saved, you get up here and, 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 and there'll be some men and women up here. They'll, they'll pray with you to, to, to get you saved. Amen. If you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you come up, they'll pray with you. If you need healing in your body, you come up, they'll pray for you and the healing power of God will hit you. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Amen. We'll say, I endeavor right now. I renew my commitment to take my Christianity beyond the four walls of this church and to make a difference for Jesus out on the streets. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, greet a couple of people.